the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Joining me today for the second time in a week, you lucky ducks, it's Matt. Yeah, two in a week, mate. I don't know about that. <laughs> this is yeah, this is a little like, special treat, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I finished the last one. I was like, yeah, people, yeah, they're not going to want to hear from us again. So we'll be back like next week. But no, no, apparently that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah. So so messages sort of came in like, no, 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 don't shaft us like this. You know, last Thursday's was moved to Monday. You don't then get to move this week's as well. Well, come on. So I thought that was kind of funny. And then, of course, uh, Mr. Hitchin resigns. And I thought, well, uh, that being the case, maybe maybe we do have some additional things to talk about. And, of course, we did record on deadline day. So at the time of recording, it was like, this is all the stuff that's supposed to be happening today. As it worked out, it did all happen exactly as I said. The, but... the only thing that didn't happen is we didn't get a replacement for Delhi like you promised us. No, no, and and that's really interesting actually because a lot of like stuff that was written and a lot of people said is like it got to about two o'clock in the afternoon and it was almost like the club couldn't get the one they wanted and just went now never mind then we're still gonna let him go because there was an academy player called Harvey White who was ready to go out on loan. Uh, he's a midfielder, really talented kid, and it, again in the afternoon, all of that was just cancelled. It was like you know we we can't get in the player we want, so you ain't going nowhere, kid, because we're letting Delhi go. Yeah. So yeah, it was a uh, strange. They must have had someone in mind. They must have gone into that day with, okay, we don't know if Delhi's leaving, but if he is, this is the guy that we've got lined up. Something must have changed. Yeah. I, I, look, you, this is the thing. Like so. <laughs> mistakenly going on social media and seeing that anger at transfer yeah. business. Me personally, yeah. and if we all entitled to our opinions, I appreciate that. Yeah. But me personally, I was quite happy with it because we had four players go that weren't really, you know, they weren't setting the world on fire. It's not like they were first no. 11 regulars. They were kind of floating about. And when they did play, they never really brought anything or to some extent even it was detrimental to being on the pitch like, you know, yeah. I and yeah. Belly. And we brought a couple of very good, young, talented players. I mean, that 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 guy, and, and I'm, <laughs> I should know his surname by now, but I, no, hopefully I know it soon. It. But he scored a cracky goal for Uruguay, I think, in the first uh, minute. Ben, Benson Core. Benson yes. Core, right, there you go. Yeah. So, look, I know that's one goal, that's one game, that's what, you know, you can't just judge someone on that. But that's I, I, one minute into being a Tottenham player, that's called the Conti effect. There you go, one, there you yeah. go, yeah. <laughs> but you've only, you only have to look at, you only have to look at transfer deadline day and look at West Ham, for example. Right now, West Ham, mm. they, they if they'd have bought a couple of really good players, they could have really pushed on and, and, and been with a massive chance of getting Champions League football. They yeah. needed that push. Didn't sign anybody, you know? No. Uh, and so... And, and, and Arsenal, I mean, did Arsenal sign? Arsenal didn't sign anybody either, did they? If no, I'm, no, Arsenal... And they Arsenal lost... Actually, they actually spent their money getting rid of their captain. Well, there you go, you see. Still... So, so look, I, I know you, you should you should only focus. I appreciate you know. I'll oh, just focus on the sales. Stop looking at everyone else. Yeah, but at the same yeah. time, in, the, in you've got to, you've got to put in, you've got to put that into some kind of context. You've got COVID that's still a thing. You know, with the, with the revenue that's been affected with that, and it was a quiet window. It was a quiet window. So even Man City, who loved spending money, I mean, the player they bought, 
isn't he's still out on loan with with with, with um, yeah. his his team? I think it's Boca Juniors, and it looks like an amazing yeah. player, insanely good player. Yeah, but, but it's, it's um, one for the future. It's not like they've bought well, him for this season, you know. It's it's interesting that they signed him. To be honest with you, because I mean he's a he's a player that if if you look at him and look at the like little highlight reels and the kind of listening to the talking heads about him, that this kid's the real deal, and this kid's could everyone thinks could come over here and be their striker from this point on if if they've actually genuinely done that for like less than 20 million and managed to replace Aguero not only are they a club that can spend vast money on anything they want they've also clearly got their scouting network spot on oh because because how it's for for that amount of outlay there isn't a Premier League team who couldn't spend that even the bottom club could spend that on a striker and it, like they've identified, watched, and then just moved really fast. And I think using that as the example, I think that's where the frustration is in in Tottenham's window. Not the players in, not the players out. It kind of just feels like brinkmanship still. And what what I don't get, and I've asked a lot of people who have got far more knowledge of the inner workings of me, and they all kind of do this shrug of I don't know why this happens, and. I don't get why it gets to this point. It's like everybody knows when January is. This this window doesn't jump around. Like UEFA don't suddenly ring every club on February 1st and go, guess what? It's window time. Go, go, go. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, no. Oh, what are we doing? So you do prepare. And like the Man City thing, um, they announced that signing before the window opened. Because they did it. They identified it. They did it. Now, the paperwork or anything, the medicals, nothing could be done until the window opened. But you can still do deals. You you can still contact clubs and say, you know, we'd like to sign this player in the summer. Da, 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 da. You can get it all lined up. Then the summer comes around, do the deal. And what I don't understand is why we never do that. Um, you know, we, we talked about that, that extract, like Glenn Hoddle talking about the club Divering. That was 20 years ago. And I have a real, not fear, but I have a real kind of feeling that we still have this kind of like bad habit of that. You know, like Daniel Levy managed to nail a deal once at the last minute. It was like, I saved like five million by waiting. I'm never not waiting again. And yeah. and since then, it's like we, we wait. And like we talk about Delhi leaving and us not being able to bring a replacement. If Delhi had left earlier in the window then obviously we'd have had time to identify someone, probably do a deal. And I do wonder if perhaps the player we had lined up was that uh, guy from Fiorentina, um, the one that we were linked with constantly, mm. whose surname I cannot pronounce, so I'm not going to try. And it was actually announced that a separate on, on deadline day, they sold somebody else and they went, yeah, he's not leaving now. And I and I sort of wondered to myself, oh, I wonder if it was him. Again, this is pure speculation for me, but I sort of think to myself, they were so confident. They put out to everybody, you know, these two in, these guys out, but if Delhi leaves, we will replace him. And it was like, ah, oh, okay, all right, okay, they're confident then. Uh, and then, what was his name? Ambrat or something like that? Yeah, that's do, right. Do you know yeah, who I mean? Yeah, like, I do like, know I you can, mean, yeah. yeah. There's people screaming at the podcast right now. Like, Come on, <laughs> call yourself a Spurs podcast? Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, he's not a Spurs like, player, so we don't really need to no, know his name. Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I think I think the thing is, look, and, and I'll go back to my point that mm. okay, if if fifteen out of the twenty Premier League teams had all got their their signings in on the first half oh, of yeah, January, yeah. and there's there's Tottenham always leaving it to the last minute, I'd, I'd I'd feel like that was a very strong point. But I think the fact that, like I said, West Ham 
try to leave it to the last minute and, and they've messed up. Arsenal did, other teams have. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's, it's a thing, it's, it's, it's just something that's part of it, part of the... That, when, whenever you hear managers talk about January transfer window, they never really talk about it in a good light, do they? They never look. No, no I don't think any managers or chairman ever go, "Oh, I can't wait for the January transfer window." It's always like <laughs> you need to be really like you know, don't expect too much, you know. And, and I think well, because this, yeah, I mean, this kind of links us perfectly, whether you plan this or not, to Steve Hitchin. Sure. Because of course, Steve Hitchin famously on the Amazon documentary, he actually said in this in this segment that everyone likes to talk about, he actually talked a lot of sense in this segment but the thing that everybody latched onto and became a meme is the fact that Tottenham's head of recruitment as he was at that point hated the transfer window (laughs) and everyone's just like what? It's literally your job dude. That's like a cheerleader hating being cheerful what are you doing? Although to be fair Sam I mean I'd I struggle to find, I think, five people I know who love their job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point taken, well made. Um, but you, you sort of the, what people latched onto was that. But what he was actually saying was, you know, summer you 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 plan, you plan a strategy, you have a kind of this is our squad, this is what we need to improve, this is who we can let go. If you like, this is the moves we need to make. And he described January as a, a window of opportunity. Because it's very rare that a club will allow a, a top player to leave, etc., etc. The, the, the counter-argument to that, of course, is if the price is paid and is paid early, clubs will. You know, you only got to look at Fiorentina, who had the best striker in Italy. The best striker in Italian football, without a shadow of a doubt. And they made it quite clear to anyone interested, like, this is the money, but this is the point of no return. If you haven't agreed to deal with us by this point, at our you know, our demands, he's not going because we haven't got time to replace him. Mm. And it's January. Mm. Not happening. Yeah. So the player was obviously like, you know, I'd like to leave. I'd like to move on to something different. Um, various clubs were looking at him, but sort of priced out or felt that he was overpriced. Juventus went in and bought him. And, and that's it. And that, it's about the sort of decisiveness of this is what we need in our team. How can we fund it and, and doing it? Uh, you circle back to sort of like Tottenham and funding wise. It is a very frustrating thing with Tottenham that the club do have the financial clout to compete now, ironically, as we have drifted away from being a Champions League team. And I think there are certain players around the world. You know, don't get me wrong. I've I've often said this. You know, the whole oh, I want to play Champions League football, but then you signed for Newcastle. <laughs> why mm. why would you do that? Oh, because they offered me half a million a day. Yeah, so, yeah sure. You know, pe- people's uh, Champions League aspirations vary depending on the pay pay wages they're getting. How many zeros at the end of the day? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My agent said I have to sign here. Why is that? Because he's bought a new yacht. I don't know if that's linked, but yeah, it, it is. And he's got the Toon Army written on the side of it. I don't. I don't get it, but they um, but you know you do look at this situation where it's like you're looking at clubs and the Diaz one we talked about on the last on the last show and it is at the moment it's accurate we can compete as a pulling power with Liverpool right now, but you uh, you go back ooh, 2012 2013 14 15 16 17 players would pick us over Liverpool. I'll give like you a good point. example, Sam Sigurdsson. Yuffie Sigerson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great example. Do you remember Brendan Rodgers was fuming, wasn't he, at the time? Yeah, yeah, he chose us. Um, 
more fool him. No, <laughs> no, but he, but he did. Um, and he did choose us. And Liverpool fans were seething about that. You know, it's like, oh, bloody hell, how far have we fallen? And now Tottenham fans are looking at Diaz like, ah, oh, how far have we fallen? Yeah. It, and it goes, and it goes in natural cycles like that. But right now, you've got to look at it and you go, yeah, we're not looking like a Champions League team nailed on because England is very difficult to be nailed on as a Champions League team. You'd probably, if you were the start of every season at the moment, you'd probably say Liverpool and Man City are your safe bets. But Chelsea can be as equally amazing as equally carnage in a season. That club seems to be a total yo-yo. Mm, <laughs> but, yeah, but the thing is, yeah, but the thing is, like when they finish sixteenth, they go, "Here's two hundred fifty million, a new manager, and we're back again." And we would decide <laughs> so, the next season. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, that's <laughs> them. They're nuts. Yeah. Um, you've uh, you got us. You got Man United again. Would put I'd put in our category, kind of like. In there, maybe could there, could there, but you'd have a couple of other clubs as well that might get it, like West Ham at the moment. Um, so it's kind of like you'd look at that and go, Well, you know, if I got the opportunity to play Champions League football, Liverpool are more nailed on in England, Tottenham are probably not. Who, who's winning trophies at the moment? Yeah, and Liverpool, you know, so that, that's where you're going to go. So we, we have to kind of look at our recruitment, I think, through a different lens to what we were before. and. And and by that, I think we need to look at it and go, right, we are rebuilding. You know, the players that come in from Juventus, like you pointed out, are younger, hopefully hungrier, you know, coming in. Um, Undombele, Le Celso, uh, I mean, this, this is a, a... I saw someone tweet this and I thought, wow, this puts it in perspective. Since Antonio Conti came in, Deli Ali, Tanky Undombele, Le Celso and Brian Gill, of course, left on loan have started a combined two games in the Premier League. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So and... so why is everyone getting upset that they've left? They've left? <laughs> oh, okay, well, Tangi and Le Celso, I don't think anyone's that upset. I, I think maybe one or two people are gutted because you kind of looked at them and went, oh, they look like they were going to be so good and it's not worked. Brian Gill, even I, I can understand a little bit of the kind of, I don't understand that, that, you know, get, why not? get him in the championship alone yeah makes sense because he's not he's not a starter but going back to Spain by the way I watched his first game yesterday the kid was on fire wow <laughs> he was really really good he um, played for Valencia got him through to the semi-final of the Spanish Copa del Rey where yeah, he, he looked great he, com- anyway. he comes on Sam honestly like I've watched him at, at, at the stadium and he comes yeah. on and it just doesn't affect the game in the slightest no, no, you know yeah in uh, what I'd say is, I think physically he needs to develop a bit more. He needs to be a bit stronger upper body for England. I think I think he's got all the technical ability in the world, and in Spain you can kind of get away a little bit more being that way. But you, wa- I watched him beat like three players with ease, and <laughs> like I was like, wow, <sighs> okay, all right, come on, kid. Perhaps perhaps this loan's more about. Get your mojo back. Confidence, you know, you, yeah. You've been here. You've been getting knocked around a bit. Go get your mojo back. Then we got a weight training program set for yeah. in the summer, <laughs> and it will go from there. He's going to come out with baby old arms like Adam Atreore, like, come on! I was going to say, yeah, that's that's, that's the aim. That's the physical that's aim. The plan. That'd be hilarious, wouldn't it? Like, this little kid, this little whippet, like Brian Gill, and he comes out looking like absolute beast mode. It's like, oh, you've learned English now, then, Brian. Yeah, we have, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All his hair shaved off. He's got a mohawk. Yeah. Where's me protein? <laughs> yeah. Just absolute beast. Swear. Okay. There, there's a comic strip in that, definitely. Um, but the one that I think everyone's a little bit emotional about, and it's not down to losing a phenomenal player. Like 
Harry Kane leaves us, we're all going to mourn the fact that Harry Kane's left, but mourn the fact that that's 20 goals, 10 plus assists every season, and we're going to, that's a massive impact on the team. Sadly, losing Delhi now, after the last two, three seasons, isn't an impact on our team, really. He, he doesn't contribute like he did when he first joined. But there's an emotional attachment there. I think you oh know, completely yeah a, a few a few people like and it's funny because as the day wore on I, I was fine I was like it's definitely the right thing for everybody him going to work with Lampard there could be brilliant for his career getting it back for England you can you imagine Delhi being back over and that like mm. beautiful selection headache that gives you know Southgate just all these things I'm like uh, you know it's worked out for everyone so I was like really good with it and then he did this like emotional goodbye video and and notice, and I was like, okay, <laughs> the room's a little bit dusty. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> but, yeah. but I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm gonna go outside and do some hunting now. <laughs> you know, manly. And I was like, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm fine. And then I saw a few people tweet like silly things. Like someone said, oh my god, it's just hit me. I'm never gonna sing the Deli Alley song again. I was oh. Like, oh, what? What are you doing? Okay, stop now. Stop now. And then people were sharing, like, um, because he obviously wrote in this thing about Pochettino basically giving him that confidence to play the way he liked to play. Yeah. Which kind of, it didn't, thinly veiled, no other manager has made me feel safe to be me kind of thing. And and you got that. I mean, we watched a documentary, (laughs) you know, Jose basically just like, don't make mistakes. You make a mistake, I'm going to drop you. Yeah. Um, and him, his frustration. I mean, he summed up the Jose era in that documentary, throwing the water bottle. It's just booting it long and de- fucking defending. I mean, yeah, that yeah. that, that, that gift still cracks me up. Yeah, and, and you just see the frustration, but it's like that, that's less about, like you said, about people who are angry. I think it's not so much anger that that's happened, more just kind of sad. Like, that, that to me signalled that Pochettino team that we had for two seasons that all of us loved. You know, and it's the other thing. Like, so I saw, I saw someone post that, and I saw someone reply going straight away, "Go, oh, bloody hell, this is why Tottenham fans are rubbish. You won nothing." And then I saw the best reply ever underneath it. So we might not have won a trophy, mate, but that team in Portugal won all of our hearts. Yeah, completely. And I was like, "Oh, what are you doing to me?" That's exactly <laughs> right, though, isn't it? That's exactly it right. It is. You it know? is absolutely. And people can scoff at that, and that's fine. But it's true. So, so we like, all love yeah, that team. I agree with you. Like, like it, I, I genuinely right, and and people might listen to this and go, "Yeah, I, I disagree with you." You're only saying this to make yourself feel better. But yeah. say, say. Um, like, like, was it a season and a half we had Mourinho for, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. Say, say he did win us. Like, say he won us the League Cup. Say he stayed yeah, on for that so, week. So, say we won that. Yeah. That League Cup, and maybe won us the Europa. Maybe won us a couple of trophies. Right. I, I, I would still rather have that two years. That two years we had than the, the two years we had under him. Yeah. I genuinely would. Yeah. And I know, I know, I know I'm say, I know I'm saying that from a point of view that we didn't win the trophies. So I'm looking yeah. at Mourinho's tenure, but. I, I genuinely right think back right it actually it actually makes me feel it tri- I feel triggered thinking about some of the games I used to watch under Mourinho right you D- don't think you about George Graham won us the League Cup would you trade that era of George Graham football for the Pochettino there one? you go that's perfect because he did win no a trophy chance. so I can compa- compare that yeah, yeah. no yeah. I, I've said this before on the podcast people who listen to this before I can remember going to a handful <laughs> of games under uh, George Graham and they <laughs> so were I, dreadful I was able to go because it never sold out 
could you people imagine the old White Hart Lane never selling out? I know our current stadium, we got a bit of an attendance dip and a few people have pointed at that, but White Hart Lane, 36,000, I think, at the time. And it was 20,000 at best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could literally rock up on the day with my brother and just buy go, a ticket. Yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, do you fancy a game of football? No, thanks. I'm just trying to walk past the stadium, mate. Oh, come on! There was the, the, the ticket touts were actually paying you to take yeah. a ticket off them. Yeah. I've got like 5,000 of these, someone, please. please. I'll give you a tenner if you take two tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Or, oh, oh, go on then. It's me and my dog. Oh, yeah. if we have to. But I can yeah. remember like one that sticks out, and again, it's probably one I've mentioned before. We, we beat. I remember us beating Leeds 1-0, and a friend of mine who I used to work with said, oh, I've got a couple of tickets. One of the touts has paid me 20 quid to have them. Uh, and... Um, <laughs> I remember we won the game 1-0. We won the game 1-0. Uh, but I just came out, I think, feeling, if my memory serves, just, just feeling depressed. depressed. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was the overarching, because I was, I was quite young. And I was I was kind of like, oh, I'm at a football match. And, but the thing is, like my experience before my first ever Tottenham game had been the 91 semi-final, Wembley Stadium, wow. beating Arsenal yeah. 3 Can you imagine that atmosphere? Yeah, yeah. So then your next Tottenham experience was George oh, Graham's and I, and I, I just remember, being like so amped like oh this is gonna be amazing i remember what this is like and being why is everyone so angry why, <laughs> yeah, why is the football there, so boring <laughs> there's a guy sat basically sat in a row over there and all he's done for like 40 minutes he looked is he doing crochet <laughs> <laughs> it was bad and so there you so go bad. so we've we've got we've got an actual comparison we that we, we can make an and, and i honestly the, the, the brand of football that we had that two or three years under Pochettino was insane. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it was just amazing to watch. So, do you, like, like, how many times, you know, we'd win a game and I'd be, like, buzzing, putting match yeah, of the day on. Like, I was, cannot wait to watch and, this football that, match. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing as well. It's like, the thing I remember about that is content. Like, we wanted to consume every minute. Like, we finished a game. I remember me and you would, like, be sharing clips of, like, Gary Neville doing a breakdown of our performance mm. and stuff like that with each other. God, I haven't done that for a while, I know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. God, that's depressing. Yeah. Stop analysing how crap we've become. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's but, the thing. Yeah. Like, like I say, I mean, I, I joke when I say I'm triggered by think of memories of Mourinho games. But <laughs> honestly, I used to... Me and Seb, which, you know, because obviously that, that season when no one was allowed to go yeah. to the stadium yeah. me and Seb would just sit there watching it and I'd be like this is this bad. is this is hurting me this is hurting yeah. and, and like yeah, there'd be so many games and obviously the West Ham's a good example when we threw mm. away a 3-0 lead oh, yeah. but there'd be so many games when you're thinking the players like we, we and you said so many times the players look absolutely petrified of making a mistake yeah. and their yeah. soul is being slowly ripped and, and, from them and then they would and because they'd be so nervous and anxious they'd like miscontrol or you'd see them misplace a pass and the thing that gave it away was you'd see them immediately looked at the side of the pitch like oh no yeah, he's going to have the ump in the morning isn't he yeah, yeah. this is going to be a nightmare I'm going to be I'm going to be on the naughty step this, <laughs> this is you know oh no I tried to pass oh Damn it, you know, I know the instruction is to lump it in the row Z. You know, Here we go, he's a good example. He's a good player that I think that look at him under Mourinho, look at him under uh, Conte, and that's uh, yeah. Lucas. Yeah. Look look how look how yeah. guy that how much he expresses himself now. Yeah. And and how much seeing the player play with the confidence and the ability that he has, instead of being frightened to make a mistake, you know? <laughs> and it, it's just like I, I honestly that 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 yeah. header for that goal was it against Norwich I can't remember which game oh, it was yeah, yeah, when he yeah, just yeah. flew in yeah, peak more now yeah. you know just the guy yeah. that just was he's putting his heart and soul into it and 
like you said, he's almost to the point now where he's almost like a one of the first names on the team sheet now. And yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's bringing out. This is what Conte's doing. He's he's allowing players to have the confidence and you know express themselves without shitting themselves every time they do something wrong. Yes, you know? and 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 some of them have been able to embrace it. I, I think uh, going full circle on this back to Delhi, I I just don't think he was able. To, I I think he was so far jaded into everything mm. this is why he needed to go he needed you know, to he go needed yeah new, new environment new new people around him to train with just kind of uh, a new coach to put I, I think Lampard could be very clever I mean Lampard could literally put his arm around him and go right you know me you know I was the best goal scoring midfielder this league has ever seen mm. you can do that and Delhi can't Delhi yeah, literally that kid can perfect that role of arriving late. You know, that, that kind of Lampard thing of when the ball went... I remember watching Chelsea when Lampard played, and any time the ball went loose around the box, that bar steward was there. You know, yeah, just yeah, always. Yeah. If you could get Delhi doing that forever, I mean, they're, they're going to launch themselves this second half of the season. Um, But but that's what, one of the other things I saw a lot about is, oh my God, we've let him go for free. Da, 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 da. Did everyone not realise why we did that? Is, yeah, because that like not a common thing. Yeah, people don't realize. But, but that's but that's the thing, Sam. Look, don't get me wrong. You 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 go into um, details with things yeah. far more than I do. But that's even I, boring. in the brief kind of look I was having at Sky News or Sky Sports, yeah. everything got the gist of the fact that Everton had already made their two domestic yeah. loan signings. They couldn't loan yeah. anybody else. So it was like, okay, there's going to be a fee there, but we kind of have to structure it. So like, it's almost yeah. like a loan. It's a, it's well, a permanent thing. Yeah. But that's, but that's the thing. That's the thing, Sam, isn't it? Like people just make jump to these assumptions all the time without yeah. having a bit of just look into it. Instead of just looking at what you're presented with and getting angry, have a little look into it. Yeah. Find out why I mean, this I, I was surprised when the initial report came out that it was a free transfer with 10 million after 20 games. And when I saw that, I thought, bloody hell, we, we've let Delhi go for 10 million, in essence. I was like, well, I suppose we've doubled our money, but still, it doesn't seem with homegrown player of his undoubted ability, still only 25, 26, that, you know, that seems cheap. And then within half an hour, it was revealed, okay, 10 million after 20 games an additional 10 million after another 20 games. So basically by the end of next season, they've paid us 20 million for him. And that can go all the way up to 40 million, depending on goals, depending on achievements for the club and stuff like that. So all of a sudden, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Because if someone had just said everyone had bought Delhi for 40 million, everyone would go, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Great, yeah. That's, that's business. Yeah. I did see quite a funny sketch actually. Tottenham, this guy does um, a lot of football kind of joke things on TikTok. And he does. Um, he did one for Tottenham, basically like having a fire sale on on a, on deadline day of like desperate to get rid of these players because Conte wanted them gone. Yeah. And he said like Everton rang him up on deadline day for Delhi. He was like, oh, just we're interested in taking Delhi. And they were like, oh, okay. And he said, yeah, ten million. And and the guy like pretending to be Daniel Levy went, oof. I don't know if we can give you that as well. He went, no, 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 we're going to pay you. And then the next thing's him getting his keys going, Delhi, we're off! <laughs> it's like, nice. It's quality. Very good. It would have worked better with Tangy. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Leon. Uh, the Tangy and the belly one as well. There's a lot of misconceptions about that because um, we, when you buy a player, everyone seems, I don't know if this is a thing because of football manager or FIFA, everyone just seems to think that you sign a player for 60 million quid, you transfer 60 million into their bank account. 
Mm. It, that's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, football transfers are done in installments. So, like, if we sign Tangi and Nabele on a five-year contract, typically clubs structure the payments around the five years. So, we'd still be paying installments, <clears throat> two, three installments a year for the next however many years. So, Leon came back in for him after the PSG deal collapsed. PSG weren't able to shift the player they wanted to be able to sign him. They decided to switch their attention to Usman Dombele from Barcelona right at the last minute. I think Tottenham went into free fall thinking, oh my God, we're going to be left with him. <laughs> this yeah, is going to be yeah. a nightmare. Um, and yes, Leon came straight in um, because they, they told a player and he was going to replace. Um, and basically the deal seems to be is like as an initial loan. If Tangi can find his feet again over there, then in essence they're going to sign him from us for an agreed fee of about 50 million euros. The way that's going to settle out is in essence we're going to cancel the payments we still owe them, if that makes sense. And Leon are just going to make it a difference. I think the difference is going to end up being them giving us about 10 million euros. So in essence we just signed Tangi for two and a half years for about 15 million most expensive worst loan in history yeah. but it works that's how it, yeah. but that's how it works out so people are like oh we wasted 60 million on him and now we're letting him go back to the club and I'm like well, just again take a breath do you? Yeah. Just, just <laughs> have a look at it and go yeah we've lost money on that deal it didn't work out that can happen I mean the Chelsea one really <laughs> that, that one's really bad Did that you one know, I mean our total spends like 40 something million and I think we're going to let him go for 20 oh Jesus do you know just uh, going quickly back to the uh, Ndombele one yeah. if anyone listening has got siblings uh what what this reminded me of, of is when you've had a big argument with your, one of your siblings, they grass you up and they look back with a big smile on their face to get you in trouble. <laughs> Did you see that silly, soppy grin on Double A's yeah, face? Like, yeah. I've never seen him grin once at Spurs. No, All I see is grimace. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And he put um, he put a thing on Instagram like so happy to be back in Lyon, oh, so thrilled to be back in France. God. And right at the very end, because he's on loan technically, he just put at the very end. Good luck for the rest of the season, Tottenham. Oh, yeah. Like, Someone made him trust, do that. Trust us, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, trust yeah, us, exactly. We're, we're yeah. good. We don't. We're, we're good, man. I mean, it, it, like with him, it was just so like everything's there for that guy to be great and it's like when it didn't happen it was just so aggravating but again and and this sort of gives me a perfect segue to say something about this window that i think the club did very well and very unlike us is we did move them on mm. we did actually really take deals that people wouldn't normally associate with daniel levy doing He's not done this in the past, by the way, because Jose wanted them gone. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't take the hit, he didn't take the deals to, to get them on. He was like, No. Remember he like convinced them Dumbelli to stay. That's right. Yeah. Uh Delhi like all the, he wouldn't take the deals to do. Even last summer, like Nuno and Delhi could have gone to PSG. He wouldn't do those deals to do it. Conte, you know, we're talking about oh, you know, he's gonna walk, Conte's gonna go. Nah, nah. he got what he wanted in yeah. this window. Yeah, he did, yeah. He got two players that he he rates. He trusts a brilliant, yeah. brilliant article about how he wanted both of them at different points at Inter Milan mm. because he sees them fitting in his style of play. Two players that really want to work with him as well, and you get that really come across in their kind of welcome to Tottenham interviews things like you're signing for Tottenham, like, yeah, great club, but Conte, oh my yeah, God, can't yeah. wait to get working. Um, so if these two guys come in and can contribute, uh, you know, more than the four that have gone, which I think they definitely can, then, then we're definitely in a better place. So, so the kind of nonsense of he's not been back, let us doing those 
deals for those players to go. Brian Gill, we've had him since the summer. He was a signing for Nuno by Paratici. Conte's like, nah, it don't work for me, mate. And we've let him go straight away. Like, There's no like, well, we've only just signed him. You've got to stick with him. It's okay. All right, we'll, we'll get him alone somewhere and then we can assess again in the summer. And Lachelso, Undumbele, Delhi, Conte's gone. Nope, they are contributing nothing. If anything, they're a pain in my ass. I want them gone. Mm. And we they actually got did it. Yeah. That, that to me, is it was the first real sign of something a little bit different at Tottenham. I, you know, the, the signings feels a bit same old, same old. We got to the last minute. And the fact we signed two players from Juventus does concern me a little bit. It kind of felt like... We had a list of possibles and we worked our way through it and then we ended up with Paratici going to his old club going, anyone? You, you got anyone you don't want? <laughs> um, but, you know, that's just a perception thing. That, that's probably not the reality. But the way in which we actually moved people on, that was better. That That's what we've needed to be like for a while. Yeah, it, it's it, like we said so many times, haven't we, that with Levy, Levy's very, very good, has a very good business acumen, yeah. clearly does. No one's going to be good at uh, uh, have that kind of acumen without being where they are for a company. Yeah. You know, you don't know, like, I, I'm not going to find myself as the next CEO of a massive corporation that's, or part of like, you know, that's, you know, you've, you've got to have <laughs> you something about you. You into that. Massively, yeah. You, no. You've got to have something about you, but he's never quite got the footballing aspect of it. And, and it's always been no. like, like we said, like, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll look to get a good deal and make, but he's never factored in how what you're doing is affecting the the, the, the actual squad. Yeah, so, dressing room. But this uh, feels uh, like yeah. for the first time, it, it, see on the face of it, two two in four out. On the face of it, that doesn't look good. But when you break yeah. it down, like you have, the yeah. four out almost feel like signings because it's what he wanted it's what he wanted he, mm. he's got four players that aren't fitting into his system that are just yeah. on the periphery and aren't gonna you know to, to a certain extent almost detrimental he's brought two players in that uh that fit into his system that he like you said that he wants yeah. and then you've got the likes of Romero now that's going to be fit and we've yeah. seen so little of him I feel like he's a January transfer window signing himself you know yeah. he's now he fit he is quality he's absolutely mustard honestly like I, I said yeah. this to you I've seen I heard I see him it was a game we played before he got injured and I just I was like wow did he just he's, pull um, that tackle off I'm like this yeah, guy's so good he is so good and he's um yeah, a few people have said like, oh, he gives away. Um, I know Stefan is still on the fence, but he feels like he gives away yellow cards a little bit too easily. Um, and you could definitely make that argument for him because I, I saw him get sent off for two bookings not long ago. But yeah. I, the one thing I'd, I see, the thing is about me is like central defenders. I think you have to have that. You, you know, you need to have at least. We're playing a back three. I think Eric Dyer has got that in him, but has become more controlled. Mm. I think Sanchez has got that flick the switch mad button but yeah. he's actually looking more controlled again as and his well. confidence like, Sam he's, he's yeah, confidence. confidence Sanchez is such a confidence player like yeah, you could you tell, tell can't you, you knock yeah. the confidence out of him that guy is a, he's a, he's a shell of a, of a player I, I, someone said to me and he goes uh, he's season to older like you and he said to me he said I know how good our defence is going to be by how Sanchez deals with the first ball to him yeah, I see so him true. confidently yeah. head the ball away confidently control it and pass it I'm like oh phew. that's 
so true. We got we got solid Sanchez today. Yeah. He said if he squiffs it or either goes Here we wrong, go. or, or he's like, oh, we got a day of it. We got a day <laughs> it's of so it. So true. It's so true. And, and I, th- I think he's accurate. And and but I, what I would say is I watched him play again, and I, we didn't. It's against Chelsea, I think. So it wasn't a game we won. And he started, and he had a really bad start, and I was like, oh, no, no, not not one of these days. And he recovered, and he had a really good game. And I think even Conte said afterwards, like, I couldn't fault the player's effort. And he sort of special mentioned the Sanchez of basically showing a little bit more maturity, a little bit more nice of being able to shake off the kind of, do you know what, yeah, I ballsed up then, but that's one mistake, I've still got... 88 minutes to play do you know what I mean mm. and he was able to do it and I do think a lot of that's down to the coaching yeah. because I remember when Sanchez came in and uh, Pochettino had him as part of a three you know Toby and Jan with Sanchez and he looked great in that three yeah. you know and then obviously the system didn't quite work so he went back and then kind of rotated it and out and he's always been kind of rotated in and out all the time, like trying to find a new central defensive pairing, hasn't it? Like injury mm. cover. He's never been settled into it. And I were back to a three. And I would love to watch Dyer, Sanchez, and Romero yes. get a run again. Yes. So I, I just. Because if those three could settle, you know, you can tell QT and Sanchez, South American blood boiling, you know, yes. <laughs> those guys, those guys are up for everything. Dyer set between them. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. sat there between them, just kind of like, all right, guys, here's the line here, you know, English. I mean, that that kid can communicate with him in every language as well. He's an intelligent boy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I like you're right. Him. Yeah. So you got that there, and you look at that, and it's funny because at the start of the season you look at that and go, "We need two new defenders." QT mm. looks all right, but we, you know, Dyer Sanchez aren't up to it. But then the system, the coaching, and the combination suddenly you look at it and go, "Those three could be very good." Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. So I, I'd love to see a run of games now because I don't think we've really seen it yet. You know, it's always been one of them out. You know, one suspended, one got COVID. Yeah, <laughs> it's always, sure. It's always been a bit sorry. So we could just get a run of games and look at those three. I, I, you know, I'd, I'd be really, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that all properly coached because we just had this break, which I think's been massive, potentially massive for us. Um, yeah, you've only got to look at like when we had a managed to get a break last time because of COVID, yeah. and, and the next yeah. game was Liverpool, and we, and we, we played well, really cracking well. in that game. Yeah. Yeah, so so hopefully, I mean, our next game obviously is the FA Cup this weekend against Brighton. Um, the FA Cup, uh, I don't think people are going to be mad at me to say is our last trophy or possibility for this season. Oh, completely, yeah. Barring a kind of mathematical collapse and Man City, Liverpool all being found guilty of some great footballing <laughs> offence. Deducted twenty one points each. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I think we'd only still only be level with them. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, Barring something like that happening, or you know, Russia invading the Ukraine and the season being suspended, it just it ain't gonna happen anywhere else. So when it comes to this, that is our trophy hope. I think Conti would love, love to nail that straight. Oh up. yes, completely. Because Pochettino, I think, described it in a, not that long ago. Is it becomes a monkey that Tottenham? It becomes a thing on your back. It becomes a kind of. Yeah, you're turning things around. You do, but what have you won? Mm. What have you won? And it becomes like a real stick to hit you with. You know, this is the fourth round. You win that into the fifth. You know, you're you're four games away. So, I I don't think he's going to look at that and go right off. We just got to focus on top four. I think we've only the FA Cup and the league left to play in this season. 
infinitely achievable to be competitive in both. Um, I think we'll see our strongest team against Brighton. Um, and, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I am very much looking forward to it. I hope I'm not setting myself up for, oh, bloody hell. But <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping it's your, well, it's, we're going to see our strongest team. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an 8 o'clock kick-off on Saturday night. Hopefully a, yeah. a, a good crowd in, good atmosphere. I think it'll be a yeah. cracking night. I'm buzzing. I'm taking um, yeah. my, my dad's... Because my, um, my brother's went to see us play against Chelsea one of the three games yeah. it was the league one away and uh, they said to my dad oh we've got you a ticket and then a, a couple of days later uh, one of my brothers was like oh actually I'm going to take my fiance with me and uh, who's actually oh, a West Ham right. fan so yeah you haven't got a ticket now <clears throat> so he lost out and I felt really oh. bad for him so I was like do you know what I'm going to see if I can get him a ticket and I'm sh- I-, I thought it's going to be fairly yeah, easy yeah. even when they yeah, went, went in general sale so we- we're sitting about 30 rows back in the south in the corner behind <clears> the, nice. behind the uh, corner flag and um, I like that view. I mean, when when we went to see the when we went to the Morecambe game, we was in that same mm-hmm. section, but we was about seven or eight rows back. And yeah. don't get me wrong, it's fantastic from the point of view that you can almost touch the players. Yeah. But the thing I don't like is when the, when the ball goes to the other end, I cannot make head nor tail what's going no. on. You know, <laughs> whereas I think thirty <laughs> rows back, you kind you know, of I think, Seb, use your young eyes, kid. Yeah, Frank, there you go. Yeah, you, you get a fight. It's it's so, it's so difficult because like when when I where, where, my, where I normally sit, uh, where our season ticket is, we're 50, yeah. 53 rows back uh, in the south, in more or less in the middle. And you when you when you walk down, there, what's that? You got a pretty good view. Yeah, it's a there, it's a good yeah. it's a good view. Yeah, but when you when you so you come at you see obviously you've got the the entrance so you cut you so that's what gets you into the into the bowl if you like, yeah. and then we have to walk up about maybe fifteen rows to our seat. So when it's half time, you walk mm. down those fifteen rows, yeah. um, and obviously at the end of the game you walk down those rows and then to exit. And as I'm walking down, I'm thinking this view seems to be getting better and better. Look, look how close <laughs> I am getting to, and I'm, and I'm like, oh, why don't we just move closer? But then it's that it's, it is such a sweet spot because you go too yeah. close and you cannot make a head or tail of it. You go too far back and you can't even see what numbers on the back of this shirt <laughs> it's that real sweet spot and i'm, and I'm yeah. hoping one day i find that sweet spot <laughs> yeah well you gotta keep wandering around like half time just keep wandering around <laughs> seats what's that guy doing he's just sitting in seats and walking about <laughs> yeah, he keeps talking about a sweet spot i don't know what he's doing yeah anyone who find it anyone who goes he's writing down the seat number like <laughs> waiting for the person to come back say you a season ticket or are you interested in swapping <laughs> do you know do you know what anyone that's um anyone that's going on saturday uh yeah. that's bought a ticket uh and i don't know if it's something if you ever go and have a look they've changed it they've changed the uh the e-ticketing thing now so Ooh. when you when up until about two weeks ago and uh it may i'm, I'm presuming it's not just me because whatever device i used to go on it used to be the same yeah. you'd go onto yeah. the, the stadium plan if you wanted to pick your seats and it was yeah. an absolute nightmare right you'd, mm-hmm. you'd try to zoom in and it'd zoom out stuttering yeah. and then you press about zoom in 20 times and then suddenly it'd catch on it to zoom in too far and you're like for god's sake i just want to like why is this so difficult but anyway they've just they've changed it now and you go on there now and you get you get a stadium plan and you can see obviously it's a it's a illustration you know it's not real but it's it, it's um it's a accurate like a real almost true to life illustration and you oh, can nice. and you can just see each individual seat and then you and then say for example you want free tickets which is what i got for me yeah. seb and my dad you, you click on that you want free and then it'll only give it'll only show you whether they're free available and then you press one and it picks all three for you and then when you go nice. onto the free you press onto it and it says view view details and then it gives you your view so you can get exact so you can you can scatter around the stadium yeah, pick one pick a few showing off now it's really it's really <laughs> 
really so user friendly, like yeah. the absolute opposite to what it was like before. And it was it's a pleasure. And but the, the only problem for me, and I, I don't know if this is something I've ever mentioned to, to you before on a podcast, but I've got this really weird thing about me, and, and I may not, I may be the only person who has right. But okay. to give you an example, if I go into a supermarket and get a sandwich, right, there'll yeah. be like say there's like it goes back five row five so like i find the one i want and there's five of them right i can't just grab that first sandwich and walk away i'm thinking Mm -hmm. well that one looks right but maybe there's more filling in the second one and the third Mm -hmm. one maybe you have to look at i've got to look at all five right i can't just be one of these people that goes (laughs) oh i fancy that sandwich grab that one right and i'm the and i'm the same with this right I, it's, do you know what it is? I think it's that FOMO effect, fear of missing out. Yeah, if I pick this yeah. one, I could have picked that one. So I just, I literally spent wow. about an hour finding How these three. How do you not fall down more? <laughs> it, 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 in, 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 in the end, Sam, it was just hurting my head. And I'm yeah, like, I was going to say that, that drove me insane. Just I, I, pick I'm, three seats. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, just, just do this. Come on, brain, you can do this. And then you'll bet, bet when you settle and you're like, yeah, okay, these are the ones, definitely the ones. Yeah. Your brain went, but are they? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. Please, like, I can't be the only person that suffers no. for this. <laughs> yeah, someone else who suffers this message in, please. He needs. He needs a hug. Here. <laughs> yeah, let's have a hug together. Yeah, he, he needs. He needs some solidarity <laughs> from somebody. Uh, speaking of people messaging in, by the way, I did want to say like, I joked about this stuff, but I didn't want to say thank you for the overall reception uh, we got. Our, our last show, we obviously opened talking about the Mason Greenwood thing and uh, kind of universal support um, uh, from everyone on that. So thank you, appreciate it. Um, there are certain situations I, I voice sometimes that I'm sort of sat back waiting, thinking, "Oh, here we go. <laughs> this, this is when this is when someone says something that's really going to send me over the edge." But no, it was universal. I also want to say um, we had a message, three different women messaged in um, of a talk about it as well, which which was great. Um, Matt, Matt, our female audience is growing. Okay, and I'm not quite sure how this has happened. But um, with all your we sexist jokes, Sam, as well, I don't, I don't I know. I know, I know, just, dude. They probably haven't heard them yet. Oh, Come sorry, on, sorry. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. God, I, I need to pick a different people to offend. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when when we get to like a breakdown, roughly of how many people are listening, we're, we're sort of approaching twelve hundred average, uh, or, or our sort of best show is getting fifteen hundred. Um, but then the the mixture now, like we're up to we're up to nearly two hundred women listening every week. Okay, that's that's kind of that's crazy to me. Like not because they're not football fans, not because they don't like Tottenham, but generally, you know, I I don't I I mean I can only speak to myself. We, we don't we don't make it sexy, man. We we don't I, I don't I, I don't get it. They're here they're here solid for the football content clearly. Uh, but yeah, no, it was really funny actually. The, the messages I got were um, sort of like, you know, thanks for using your voices, which was great, and I appreciate it. Um, you know, didn't do it for that, but thank you, appreciate you saying it. Uh, but then, then I had one of them really go into quite detail over the transfer window to the point that I was kind of like, okay, right, you've just absolutely nailed a question, which I think so many people have tried to articulate that that you've nailed it. So I replied, went backwards and forwards. Yeah, she was like nineteen. Look and she's at she's at a London football academy, and I'm starting to think she needs this job, not me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I had a conversation for a bit, and I was kind of like, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably one of the smartest takes I've had for a while." Fair, fair play. Yeah. Um, but 
so yeah big thank you everybody for listening it's, it's always a real kind of strange thing to me and matt when we uh we postpone a show or something and people genuinely message in like oh you know that's part of my routine that's part of i do this and it's like that's weird yeah <laughs> that's weird for no, us exactly and it's it's funny because fun. like we'd always say it's just me and you yeah. like getting up to skype and stuff to chat for an hour you know, yeah, that's, well, what that's literally what it is, and, it is then, yeah. and then people listen to us talking I, I, I mean I put it in perspective because I do another podcast as well and we did a show not long ago on the new Spider-Man film yeah my Seb listened um, to all episodes by the way uh, well thank you <laughs> and that, that show went nuts like literally the amount of people who listen to our, our podcast on that is insane <laughs> and like we, we were trying to put it in the numbers and we got up to I think they're up to about 15,000 wow I've been to football matches where 15,000 people have been in attendance at a football match. And I, and I was kind of trying to... I was putting my brain around it, basically. That's the equivalent of me and Stefan sitting in the middle of one of these stadiums at the centre circle having a chat, and 15,000 people were just watching. That's only, that's only a few kind of thousand short of the um, south stand, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just a really strange kind of weird thing to sort of get in your mind and sort of like so on this show it's kind of like yeah it's, it's strange sometimes you imagine being because someone said to me about doing um doing podcast lives so pubs and people and places are obviously trying to get people back in come up with these things and there's a pub in london is now inviting podcasters to come along rather than musical acts or rather than comedians or as well as and do your show live with oh, a live wow. audience. That's, that's really cool. And, and yeah, well, someone like messaged and said, "Oh, you got you uh, consider this." It was one of the ladies who messaged you, pointed it out, and I said, "Oh, thanks. That's that's kind of funny." I just sort of thought to myself, "Me and you sit and we just chat." And could you imagine doing it in a pub? Like, so we got a couple of beers going. You got like a hundred, two hundred people sat there just literally watching this. I, I, I don't know if I could do it. I tried, I'd love I'd it. Have performance anxiety. I know you. You're a showman. Yeah, I just I, me. I, I don't know. Do you know that's that's the thing? You, you talked to we talked earlier about uh, Steve Hitchin and how you know he's doing a yeah. job that he was telling about a job he doesn't. I think yeah. for me, look, I've worked in the railway industry now for 13, 40 years. I, 13, 14 years. I never was at school thinking I'd love to work in the railway. Like no, no, I went, I wanted to be an actor. That's where I wanted to be. I, I went to, I went to. Um, my work experience was at a theatre. I loved it. I loved it. I loved all you that. You have a, you have a performer in you. And, sir. and my path. And and you know what? Did did I mention on the last one about uh, what I did at the weekend with Layla? Um, she's she's part of a dance group. And uh, it's, it's a local one, but they're quite they're quite successful. It's two sisters that run it, and they were they'd won tons of medals, and they just basically do a, a, a dance group of different ages. Nice. And, and they hired um, it was at Cambridge University. They hired the theatre there, and it was about I don't know four or five hundred seats there. And me and Vicky nice. went. Well, Seb got looked after by by my in laws, and we've we've seen some school plays. And I don't know if you this is your experience with Phoebe, <laughs> but they are yes. they're an endurance test, aren't they? They're, they're not they're not something yeah. to enjoy. It's an endurance test and hope to enjoy the five seconds you see your child do their bit. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah, garbage. Yeah. yeah, but this was this was fantastic. They were so and and do you know what? Layla, come on, and mm. she's not got you know she wasn't doing the splits or or, or anything like that. No. But at one point, so the girls lifted her up, and she was the one that got lifted up. But yeah. she was so confident, like you know, the yeah, arms were coming. I love in. That. And and do you know what? That is what it's all about—the confidence of it. You know that she's gone yeah. stage. She knows there's about there was about two, three hundred parents watching, and she smashed it. And I'm like, 
do you know what? I'm gonna if she enjoys this as much as it looks like she's gonna enjoy, I'm gonna push her that way. And and yeah. I, and, I, and look, don't get me wrong. I know that you need to have the fire in your belly yourself. It's not all about being pushed. Yeah, yeah, but so. but like you, well, I guess with 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 Phoebe, I mean, you, you know, you talk about how how well she's doing like in, in the acting world, and I know yeah. I know you. Like I do, I can imagine you've been a good push for her, knowing that she's enjoyed it, yeah, and you're going to push her that try, way. Definitely. There you go. See, so if Leila does like enjoy it as much, that's what I'm going to try to push her. You know, but it's it's just being it's just kind of uh, like you know having having that confidence that she's got and enjoying it. You know, but yeah, I, I for me, my, that's where my path should have gone. Yeah, I, I should have been I should be a, a famous actor somewhere. So yeah, a, <clears throat> if we do a podcast, mate, and and, and we're in a pub and we've got podcast people watching. Live. Mate, yeah. I, Sam, I am all over that. All no, over right, it. Okay. Well, we, we get, we get someone. Can we, can we hire someone to like, you know, have a little musical interlude with like playing a bit of music and all that, you know? Yeah, and then we come on again yeah. and we get a couple yeah, of good yeah. guests on. Look, with all your connections, maybe get an ex-player on. Honestly, yeah, no, I, I, I could definitely do that. Yeah, see, oh, no, see, I said this in jest, and now it's becoming a. <laughs> it's got to be a thing. Promise, it's, it's being added to the list of things I've said we'll do at some point. And, and, and seeing as and seeing as you said your your other podcast went through the roof when you did the Spider Man episodes, yeah. I'm thinking Tom Holland. Can we get him? Can we? Can we? <laughs> <book> <laughs> yeah. You know, there's nah, a link I, there. I, I, I fear, I fear that one might be a little <laughs> bit out of, out of our range. But hey, you know, it's, it's an email. It's what an email. Cost, can, can, I, can I? before we go, Sam? Can um, yeah. I wanted to get it in if I could. I know we've moved on from talking about the transfer window, but yeah. my favourite, my favourite sign-in transfer deadline day sign-in, like in in football, not just at Spurs, yeah. was a Jermaine Defoe one. I loved okay. that. I loved it. Uh, be, reason being is that this guy is going to be forty this year, right? Yeah. And like, it just shows you most how many fo- professional football players are, st- are still playing like nearing forty. I mean, it's so rare. No, it makes no, me feel younger. And it may, even even you, I guess, like you know, you can look at him and go, "Well, I'm younger than than." No, I am younger than Jermaine. There you go. But he's going. He's going back to the club that he played before, and obviously there was the. Um, when he was there before, he the was Brad, yeah. Bradley Lowry, yeah, and and I, and I and I love it, you know, because like the Sunderland fan, like like look, Jermaine Defoe is a yiddo, like you know, we we love yeah. the guy, but so, it's the same with Sunderland, you know, they they've they've got a massive affiliation with the guy, you know, so for him, it's yeah, like yeah. a second homecoming for him, you know, and yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a, lo- I mean, I'd, I'd imagine this is the end of his career, yeah, I think it's going to be a lovely finale, but I, I was saying that, and I was. Very much of your opinion, but then I read today who's about to be appointed as new manager. Okay. Roy Keane's about to take the job. Oh, you're kidding. He's going back there. Right. Yeah, I'm not joking. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I can't stand that guy. Jermaine Defoe was like, oh, it's going to be a lovely end. You know, I, I know Lee Johnson. This is going to be a good... They fire Lee Johnson, and they had talks with Roy Keane yesterday, and now, now Roy's considering it today. Oh, it was all positive. Jesus. What a contrast that's going to be! Oh God, you ruined that for me, Sam. Yeah. Sorry, mate, but I just—I'm just thinking to myself: if you're him, you've just signed that deal. You're just kind of like this is going to be a lovely finale to my to my footballing kind of life, and so get Sunderland to back up the league, like promoted this season. And then, then Roy King comes in. Does it like, there, the absolute animal? Yeah, there is a positive from that though. I'm, I do now hope that means that if he does take it on, that we haven't got to see his mug on on the. Uh, 
in the studio whenever we play. Because <laughs> yeah, he does. He, he doesn't bother me, Roy. He's a, he's a caricature, and he's making good money out of basically being a grumpy old bastard. You put him with Michael Richards, and you get to see the real Roy Keane because yeah. he can't hold it. No. He laughs, yeah. he laughs too much, and and you can see that then. And then you suddenly go, ah, oh, you're being, you're playing a you're character, deliberately you doing it, yeah. bastard. <laughs> so, but yeah, the the Michael Richards. If anyone missed them during the Euros, find it on YouTube. Michael Michael Richards and Roy Keane road trip you will suddenly realise just how how bloody funny Mike is for a yeah, start. Because yeah. he cracks him every time. Just Roy's trying. You can see every ounce of him. He's trying to still be Roy Keane, the hard man. <laughs> and he cracks every time. He just can't do it. I mean, there's one bit. I think Mike shows up late. And he's there, like, moaning to the cameraman. Like, oh, I'm just going to go back home. I'm going to go back home. And he shows up, and he's basically put, like, Man City flags all over the car. Like, hello, Roy! He's like, oh, my God. And he's laughing straight away. He's like, oh, I'm not getting in the car with you. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, but, yeah, fine. That. So, so yeah, so to finish up, then, uh, I wanted to come back full circle to Steve Hitchin. Uh, it shocked a fair few people yesterday on the 2nd of February that Steve Hitchin resigned from Tottenham. Uh, when I say shocked a fair few people, it shocked me as well. Um, and the main reason being is there had been no leaks of kind of like conflict, no leaks of kind of like um, clearly when this window's done, Steve's going to go. You know, there was no talk about this at all, and then it just bang happened. Um, I dare say over the coming weeks, more is going to come out. Uh, anything said right now is purely speculation, purely kind of people's opinion, educated opinion, or or vastly uneducated opinion. <laughs> um, but my my overall thing on this is really mixed. Um, it's really mixed in a sense of and and I when I was looking through the fan base, the overall reaction was one of like joy. It would appear that Steve's leaving. Um, it would appear that a lot of people have assigned every bad signing we've made to him. Mm. Um, and it's like, Lachelso and Undumbele, I saw that come up so much yesterday. Like, oh, here's the guy who signed these these players. So no wonder he's, he, you know, good riddance. They were both players chosen by Mauricio Pochettino. Mauricio was being backed in that window for the first time, by the way. But he was being backed. And these were players that he worked with, Steve, identified, and he wanted to work with because he felt his coaching, his method, his tactics, he'd get the best out of them. That could have been the case. We'll never know. Yeah. But that was what happened. So for Steve Hitchin to carry that can is a little bit unfair. There's also a lot of uh, very good connected journalists with Tottenham who have written about the amount of times that Steve Hitchin identified, found a player, and then the deal fell through. And you, you kind of can mirror that with... Paul Mitchell, who of course famously quit as our director of football, Daniel Levy even made him work his notice. If everyone remembers <laughs> sure. that, yeah. um, and he and he did, and he did it professionally, and then he left. And there's a kind of like a mirroring going on there between the two of them, where clearly they felt that their role wasn't their role. It kind of felt like okay. I'm head of recruitment. I'm the guy who bring these people in. I'm the one doing the deals. I'm negotiating. I've identified these people. And then it gets to this point and I hand it to you and nothing happens. You know, mm. we differ. And, you know, we go back to that again. When Paratici came in, a lot of people thought, well, what does this mean for Steve Hitchin? You know, what does this mean? He, he took a new uh, role with a really fancy title, which no one really understood what his new role was. And I think when we hit this window now, 
I got a feeling, and again, this is purely my my opinion. There's no, I've not been told anything or anything like this. It's just me outside looking in. I get the feeling that he went through this window, and at the end of it, he's just looked at it and gone, "What is my role here now? You know, I'm not a scout anymore. I'm not. I'm not involved in the transfers anymore, negotiations or anything. I'm in essence." You know, I work for Fabio, which, you know, is great, but other clubs want me as their director of football because within hours of him quitting, Everton are looking to appoint him. So I think that's why it's happened. I think I think it's a natural evolution thing of the club has picked Paratici to come in and fulfil this role and Steve Hitchens worked with him since the summer up to this window and the window's finished and he's gone, nah, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's my that's my takeaway. I mean, I, I'm, my my feelings on it's mixed only because I think he carried the can a lot for stuff going wrong, which was unfair. And I think he did identify a number of very good players that we just simply ballsed up. Um, and I got a horrible feeling that whoever we have in that role is going to feel that kind of frustration as well, unless the club changes the way we do things in recruitment. But you know that's the that's a whole other thing. But him leaving is, you know, I don't, I don't feel it's going to have a massive impact because I don't feel that his role had a massive impact on us because, like I just said, he could identify the best players in the world, but if we don't sign them, what's the point in having him? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. so his his departure, I don't think is going to have a massive impact. We we've 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 in essence made the change. We we appointed Paratici. At that point, I think a lot of people thought, well, does that mean Hitchens fired? You know, does that mean he's gone? But then he stayed. I I think he stayed because he thought, you know, I quite like this club. I'm in this role. They've given me a fancy new title. Probably got a little bit of a salary bump to ease the pain of losing the recruitment side. But no, you know, he, he wants to go back to doing what he enjoys, the scouting and, and the actual recruitment. And, and good luck to him. Yeah, when I, when I was... Um, so... When I, at work uh, when the, the pandemic hit in uh, yeah. March 2020, so I, I was uh, in essence a, a, a ticket inspector on the trains. So, I mean, they give you like yeah. so they give me another fancy title, but that's basically what I was. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, with with the pandemic hitting and us all going, oh my god, the world's going to end. We was all yeah. we was all off the trains, and then a couple of months later, it's like right, okay, back on the trains, but just literally walk up and down checking people are wearing masks. Like don't. Check, don't, no penalty ferry, no checking tickets, no going near anybody, just walk up, keep your distance and, and check that they're wearing masks. And and I can remember having a chat with one of my colleagues and he was going, oh, mate, this is awesome. He said, we're getting paid all this money just to literally walk up a train, check people are wearing masks and that's it. Like he said, this is just, I mean, I mean, my, this is my perfect life, you know. <laughs> and for me, I was thinking, well, this isn't the job I kind of, took on like you know and and and, and which yeah. is why i kind of looked to move on and i did move on but maybe that's that is his thought process that you know i, I took the, originally the job i originally took on i'm just like i'm not doing this anymore and i'm like what is the point and some people may go brilliant i've got a fancy new title i'm getting paid loads of money to basically do f all or maybe he's just thought no i'm like you know life's short i want to kind of build my yeah. reputation more and this isn't going to happen here you know? Yeah, I, I want to actually do what I enjoy doing. Yeah, exactly. Someone else is offering me the chance to do that. Yeah, completely. Yeah, so, you might be. You probably um, hit some. You probably hit a uh, hit, hit the nail on the head. I think with it. 
Yeah, because um, we talk about the kind of like the press and the way the press write things and how articles can be written and the way you write it. Like, so headlines, for example, the headline is Steve Hitchin resigns from position at Tottenham. That that's that's the headline. That's the fact. Then the story you can dive into opinion. Of course, you can then dive into it. As I am a sports journalist. I think this is bad for the club because X, Y, Z. Or you can go, I think this is good for a club because of X. You know, you mm. go into it. Yeah, of course, it. yeah. And I read the headline yesterday. is like 100 plus years of experience, football and experience departs Tottenham in the last month in clubbing crisis. Oh, Jesus Christ. And so I thought about that. I thought, I can't think. And I know there was one of the other directors who left. And I'm thinking... This person who wrote this article cannot possibly be discussing, discussing, sorry, the head of catering leaving, could he? Yeah. Could this person really be making that headline? Yeah, and lo and behold, they were. Oh, come like, on. Like, literally, our, our head of catering, our head of um, player services, like the person who basically organises their cars, uh, left and was replaced... That person bloody retired, and like Jesus a lady Christ. was in a lady who was in our sales and marketing who did a phenomenal job for years, left for a different job. One of the directors who really helped the club with the finances left. He's starting his own business with his family, and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, how, 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 <laughs> how, how have you written this article and and you've done it with a straight face? Yeah, I, I, I was really, really kind of like. Um, like I get it sometimes. Like I, I laugh at the Suns kind of the way they take a headline. Like you see, like a woman fall over in the street and she's hurt herself and she's suing the council. And the next thing you know, you've got a picture on the front page of the Sun, all made up. Like boobs are on display and everything is like local, local Instagram model breaks ankle. And I'm like. Literally, the story is here like a page nine story. Someone sues the local council, and I'm talking page nine story in the local yeah, rag, yeah, gazette, yeah. not national newspaper. <laughs> but because she had nice boobs and she's on Instagram, the son have got it front page. What? Look at this! Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's manipulation. You've, you've only got to look at, look, you know, and I know we sometimes occasionally very briefly dip I do anyway dip my toes into politics mm-hmm. but you've only got to look yeah. at what's going on at the moment you've got like Boris Johnson who's in absolute turmoil because of the party gate and all so what's he I'm doing sorry I'm sorry mate could you um can I stop you uh they were gatherings <laughs> not parties can you can we can we correct the language there please thank you thank you you can continue your point now but i think it's really important gathering gate if you're going to use gate gathering gate, gate i love yeah. it do, do, do you know what do you know oh what was it someone I'm, I'm, you, i don't know if you've seen it oh my god i could forget now but you can mix up the word sue gray report mm. and it comes up like rogue parties or something like that yeah, yeah. it's really yeah, clever can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right but so here we are right What's the best way to make the general public forget about that? I don't know. Jump on a plane, go to Russia, sort out stopping mm. World War Three. There you go. <laughs> get, get a good picture, be, put it on all the newspapers. I, 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 I gotta be fair. I, I, I kind of would quite like everyone to stop World War Three. <laughs> yeah. I'm at an age I'll be conscripted, and I ain't up for that. But do, do you genuinely <laughs> think he's going to go there and go? Uh, yeah, Mr. Putin, I don't oh, think you should do. No. Yeah, I'll listen he's to you. Make it a million times worse. Think about that <laughs> poor woman in Iran. He like bumbled oh, his ass into he there. Had another twenty years to a sentence. So badly, they added years to her sentence. <laughs> The frig 
fucking idiot. If there's one person you wouldn't want negotiating world peace, it's him. You imagine that the conference. Oh, we got a conference here. America have sent Donald Trump. Yeah. Britain have sent Boris Johnson. Vladimir Putin sat there. Putin's been laughing for twenty minutes. Not is. sure if this is a good sign or not. <laughs> Oh, it's like he, the he, fucking chuckle brother. He goes negotiate he, world peace. But you look at it and, he, and he, I think there's, have you seen a picture of him like going into I don't know if it's his hotel or the conference. He's got his tie way too long. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just he, he, oh. he's, yeah, he's a dishevelled mess. Look, I I don't look. We don't go into politics <laughs> sorry, for mate, obvious sorry. reasons. But no, no. I'm just I'm just going to say this because I think people are possibly people are resonate. I don't hate people right i don't i try my best there are certain people in this world i think are hateful horrible people but i won't lower myself to them being hateful by being that myself so i don't hate boris johnson i think the guy got elected on the wave of the brexit stuff which if you agree with it or not that's what happened that's what happened it's an election it's democracy uh, you got we got a dick get on with it and he got elected on that wave and then the covid hit he could not have predicted that no one could the government fucked up royally in so many ways but they also did a lot of stuff to help a lot of people which is kind of it's like a balancing and you look at it and you go anyone in charge at that point would have made mistakes anyone in charge at that point would have done things well some might have done a little bit more well some might have made a bit more mistakes so i'm kind of like that's what it is yeah we're human beings aren't we yeah exactly and i think there should be investigations to see what can be learned because that's what we should always do we should always like if something happens for the first time you should always okay right we're through that now Let's work out, like, if this ever happens again, let's do it better. Let's yeah. make sure we are prepared. And that's fine. So I'm all of that. But when we got to this point that during the height of all of it, these bastards were having parties in their house, like a fucking frat house, like a public school <laughs> boys. Oh, look, let's put our dick in a pig's ear. Bullshit. <laughs> And they're just trying to just bludgeon their way through it. Like, the, oh. the whole country's sat looking at them right now going what <laughs> and they're just going yeah i mean you know we can't i mean for two weeks the guy went oh it was all within the rules it was all this and then he gets caught it wasn't within the rules you're a idiot yeah. he stands there and goes today's not the day to say this because we just need to say apologize that's what you've been saying for two weeks <laughs> you ass. so it's like my my sister right i got an older sister who is a, a devout conservative she's she stands she's currently standing as a conservative for a local council election she is a big boris johnson fan she's got her picture taken with him that sits in her office she's like she really has been supporting him and her exact words to me the other day was and this is cutting this is evil she said I'm not even angry, Sam. I'm disappointed. <laughs> that's it. That's anyone it, yeah. who's a parent knows that is it. Or anyone that's a husband. No. <laughs> Stay over. That's it. Gone. He is dead to her now. Uh, but anyway, that, that was it. We ended with politics just to keep everyone on their toes. There we go. Um, <laughs> Little bonus yeah, section. So, uh, just, yeah, bonus, the bonus section. Yeah, hopefully a lot of people just went, nope. <laughs> as soon as you said, I don't want to get political. Nope. No, yep, no, yep. no, no. I've done. I'm done for today's it's episode. It's going to be a fight. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I don't promote anyone. I'm actually genuinely a centrist. I, I genuinely look at every election we come to and go, right, let's look, let's weigh it up, pros and cons. I don't belong to anybody. So perhaps I can talk about these things because I'll equally attack all of them. Yeah, no, that's the best way to be. And look, I know, yeah. I, know I, I really apologise. This will be the last thing I say on it. But I got told off by a Vicky uh, the other day because... Um, well, you, in that case, you deserved it. I got, I, right. I got caught up in the... <laughs> Spotify are evil. Uh, let's let's cancel <laughs> right, Spotify, okay. right? And yeah. she said, "Look, 
it's so we're so much now, and me and you have said this before. People are so mm. much extreme one way or the other, and this is battle. Let's just try to meet in the middle somewhere, you know. Yeah. There's more of us that just need to meet in the middle. And she she well, pointed me she pointed me in the direction of Russell Brand and love him or hate him. I listened yeah. to ten minutes of him talking, and I actually agree with a lot. And, and to be to be to be honest, and I'll be I, I mean this. Listening to you, you sound very much like he does when he's just you know. Well, we're human I, beings. I, I mean, we make I, mistakes. I'm, I'm far I'm far more pirate than he will oh, can, ever can be can i just yeah, can i just yeah, say this is mean. obviously part of our bonus content so if anyone is, is if anyone's yeah. still listening well done right. <laughs> yeah, thank you <laughs> but if <laughs> you are i'd love to know the breakdown of men and women now yeah here we go right. <laughs> I think they've gone. if anyone is still listening you're going to be so glad you you, you endured that last three or four minutes yes. of politics because i found out a really interesting fact about uh okay. pirates uh, uh the other day I'll bring it on. Now, you might not know this, and this is obviously very relevant to you as well. You probably do know this, but if you don't, then I'm going to give you some amazing information as well. Now, why do you think the where do you think the pirate accent, as we come to know it, come from? Comes from? Um, I don't think it's West Country. I always thought it would come from Norfolk way. No, but like the actual like around the world. If you watch a pirate film, oh, okay. Um, Why why is that? Why is that? Why is that? I don't know. The reason why is because when one of when the first or one of the first pirate films was filmed, mm. uh, it was an American company as well. They knew somebody from Bristol, and they just yeah. thought that accent sounds fantastic, right? So your accent, wow, there's, I love there's, that. The, the pirate accent doesn't exist. Yeah. There's no such thing as a pirate accent. Well, <laughs> it's funny because Blackbeard the pirate, probably one of the most famous real pirates there ever was, was from Bristol. Oh, they, well, there you go. There's that yeah. as well. William William Teach. Yeah. Oh, there you go. But, but it's it's not actually like a. It's not actually no. a, an actual no, official no, pirate they, they accent. They were from all over the world. Yeah. Most most pirate crews are made up of freed slaves, Frenchmen, all sorts. So, of course. Yeah, there's no. There is no R. But that's know. what we all see, didn't we? <laughs> Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> especially when they're listening to me on a podcast. Uh, but um, yeah, we will wrap it here. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, including politics and pirates this week. <laughs> Next week, we'll move on to sex and debauchery. No, we won't. No, we won't. Uh, but no, big thank you as always. Um, we had a lot of fun just going through stuff and double bubble this week. You are so lucky, everybody. Yeah. Uh, we will be back next week, hopefully to discuss a, an impressive victory over Brighton in the FA Cup and the Spurs will go marching on. Everyone, you take care. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.